The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to another Football to the Max, where we finally get into the NFC side of the previews. We're actually flipping the teams we're talking about here because of a special game happening on Thursday. The opening kickoff uh, contest is between an NFC East and an NFC South team, so that's the two divisions we're covering. And then, unless something changes, where something clears up, We may end up doing the NFC North and West previews on Friday along with our playoff thoughts as well uh, on on a separate show. So, yeah, kind of gave you the rundown of what we're doing. And, of course, here with me to talk about it is Mr. Eric Watkins. It's football. Real, meaningful football that counts. It's here. Yeah, technically it's only a day away, so, or well, yes, so technically today's Wednesday, and yeah, it'll be Thursday, and we'll be talking, it's only one game, but it will be exciting because it matters, Falcons and Eagles will be hopefully a fantastic contest, perhaps another shootout happening, and uh, we'll see if all the Nick Foles drama of not being too great in the preseason unfolds right in front and you know you get another year of Steve Sarkeesian and what's going on with the offense uh, as well but yes let's let's get into let's talk here on this one at least we're talking the NFC South on the podcast that you can also listen to that will be there when you press the refresh button or the download button both of them will pro- if you see if you hit subscribe to football to the max you can actually it'll just download both of them and you can decide whichever one you want to listen to first well you know if you have a team in the nfc south you're a fan of your team in the nfc east and of course i'm a dallas cowboys fan so when we get to the east that's gonna be difficult for me to talk about because man uh what that team decided to do this this offseason was weird but yeah let's talk about the nfc south in which you might see this be perhaps the strongest division in all of the NFC where you could legitimately see all four teams, even with Jameis Winston's suspension for the Bucks, 
actually turn out pretty good this season? Mm, I don't know about that. I personally could make more of an argument about that for the NFC East than for the South. Because let's face it, the team has already decided. I don't know. I feel like Darius Geis going down is a big deal. And Peterson running 56 yards in a preseason game doesn't mean jack. Let's see when you face the real defenses. We'll see. We will see. Because, I mean, for being with the South, the Bucks are they dumpster fire territory? No. But the team has already decided, look, if there's not enough room for both of you, Jameis Winston or Dirk Cutter, Dirk, you're going to be the one to go. Well, Jameis- Dirk Cutter was the one that kind of set himself up to be the – he said he was going to be the dude that would – get Jameis Winston to the promised land here, and if he doesn't do it, then he should be the guy to go. Exactly. I mean, I thought it was really a mistake letting Lovey Smith go altogether. If you want to get a different head coach, fine. Have Smith as a coordinator because Dirk Cutter is not the guy. I never saw him as the guy. And so far, he hasn't proven to be the guy. And yeah... Well, Winston's three-game suspension with everything that happened in that case, everything off the field, you can say one thing or another. But when it comes on the field product, you're not going to get anywhere near the same things out of Ryan Fitzpatrick, even with less of a beard. You're right. And they're having to figure out some things as far as the uh, running game goes, something that was sort of more balanced with Doug Martin last year, but of course he also has his uh, injury woes on on that end. What they're really going to be relying on is Fitzpatrick being able to get to the plethora of receivers that he has. Can he get it to them <laughs> is another story. Um, but, I mean, we've seen from him in the past that he can be a good game manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, their schedule doesn't wind up great during these three games that they have to go through with him, but it's the NFL. We've seen crazier things happen, and that defense has honestly probably got better, especially the defensive line with all they added. So if they can rush the passer and perhaps keep the, you know, we know what they can do in the secondary, and uh, they have a pretty good linebacking core as well. If they can get you know, keep the score down for Fitzpatrick, give him more opportunities, gives him a better chance, at least. Yeah, that's going to be the difference between having Winston come back and, let's face it, he's not going to really, no matter what Cutter says, he's not going to fight for that starting job. He's going to start week four. Mm -hmm. Now, with that defense and how good it really is... Yeah, unless Fitzpatrick just absolutely lights it up or something. And... And he personally, he won't. And that defense and that tempo is going to be the difference between are they going with Winston coming back one and two or two and one. I think they're too talented to not win at all, but they're not talented enough to light the world on fire and start three and oh. They're not. No. I think it's going to be difficult for them to do so. It's just, 
with Fitzpatrick, like that that year that he had with the Jets. That's probably, that's that's well behind him at this point. Mm-hmm. And you know, they'll be lucky to, I think, be one and two. Perhaps uh, they have the lowest amount the the chance to to win the division of all these teams just by default. But honestly, you're playing the Saints, the Eagles, and the Steelers in the three games that you're without Winston. I mean, they did not do them any favors at all. Not whatsoever. That just, ow. But again, the fact that with the Saints, a divisional game, you figure they may be able to get lucky and win that one, but it would take not quite a miracle, but something close to win any more than that. Then you're in an uphill battle. Yeah, you're starting Ronald Jones at running back, a rookie to help out Fitz. I mean, you got Fitzpatrick there to kind of mentor him and calm him down and everything. And it just, again, if he has time to get it to those receivers, they could be dangerous. The problem is with the teams that they're playing, three teams that have pass rushes and uh, some pretty lethal uh, other guys on defense. It's just, that's difficult to see for him anyway. Once Winston gets back, though, things might change a little bit. It's just how will he feel? Will he be a rallying call for this team? Or will at that point, will the team be sort of dejected and kind of flounder around and maybe at the most get, you know, six or six wins, six or seven wins? The thing is with Winston, no matter what he does off the field, on the field, he's shown true leadership qualities. And he's put himself in a situation where the team can galvanize around him. So I think if anybody can be that rallying call, it'll be him. But even with the start to their schedule, what's going to be left in them to rally? I think you're right. They can maybe muster up something, get to six, maybe even seven wins. But ah, can you really think of like anything more than that? I really don't. Know. I mean, it's not going to matter because the NFC is so stacked. Oh yeah, There's, you have to at least get nine to maybe be in the conversation. Oh yeah, nine. In the NFC this year, it's going to be one of those nine and seven years because it is so stacked that you're going to be fighting. I would be very surprised if anybody wins more than 12 in that conference. Yeah, exactly. It's And it's also because of the rest of the teams that we're going to talk about with this division of, man, this is absolutely top-heavy when you're talking about who you're playing against, the three quarterbacks you're playing against, and if let's go on to the Saints here, Drew Brees is still in form. The talent that he has around him is ridiculous at this point. You got Alvin Kamara even with, uh, dang it, 
what's I can't think of his name right this. Um, suspended. In, oh. Marvin Ingram. Yeah, Mark Ingram. With, with Ingram suspended, they should be okay with Kamara. Yep. And then you've got they added Cameron Merrith, who hasn't looked that good in the preseason, but I think he'll eventually come around. You still got Michael Thomas out there. Uh, ben Watson was with them before, and they brought him back. You know, it's just the defense got even better, and if Marcus Davenport can turn out, I mean, you got a heck of a line now. So this just is set up for the Saints to, if not equal what they did last year, surpass what they did last year. And we got to remember it was that crazy play with Stephon Diggs that kept them out of the championship game. And inspired so. gifs and memes for weeks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and just you do have to worry about the defensive backfield if it's Marshawn Lattimore and a bunch of dudes, but I think that they're gonna be just fine. Uh again, I feel like the improved defensive line's gonna help them. Cam Jordan uh, Marcus Davenport's going to show up in this year. And they're de- for me, they're definitely making the playoffs. I feel like this is going to be another good Drew Brees year. We're not going to see him hit that deep slide. Just uh, and I feel like they built a team well around him enough to where even if he does, he doesn't have to do everything. No, this is going to be one of those years to where He's not going to throw for 5,000 because he's not really going to have to, but he'll probably settle around four within a little bit of 4,000. Either way, that'll be great. And this is going to be a team playoff contention, maybe fighting for the division. At this point, it is so hard to tell. No, yeah, definitely. And it's just, I just can't see them not being in that fight for the uh, for the division. It's just they got too good of a team. They added uh, things. Uh, they improved the freaking offensive line, which is the important part to protect Drew Brees to give him time, and you know what that means. And then mm-hmm. the one that we haven't talked about either is they made a heck of a smart move in going to get Teddy Bridgewater, who, yes, let's be fair, he showed off against preseason defenses, which total vanilla. But mm-hmm. if that's Teddy Bridgewater, you know, that perhaps people are expected or wanted to be when he came out of college, then if Drew, something happens to Drew Brees, you can put him in. Absolutely. He provides a different dynamic of being able to, to run as well. And you already perhaps have even a successor even. So, you know, I think uh, it could turn out to be one of the smartest moves of the, the off season that, or the, you know, just whole roster moves in general that you're sitting there going, man, something that a lot of teams could have went out and did the saints mm-hmm. did. And you're going, well, they already had Drew Brees. Why? There you go. Yeah, and they, the Saints have done this before. If anybody remembers, 
incident with Cart included, Adrian McPherson, Teddy Bridgewater reminds me a lot of him. Good arm, better in the pocket than you would think, very intelligent, and you can sharpen his ability even more with being in the pocket versus taking off and running. And I think having that year, maybe even two, behind Drew Brees, knowing that comes back even better from his injury, shows he's still got plenty in the tank. Yeah, you have that successor in waiting when Drew Brees finally decides to hang him up. Yeah, certainly. And it's just... I think they have absolutely covered themselves in every facet. They added so much depth to this team. This is going to be one of the powerhouses of of the NFC. And it's just absolutely weird if they're not. It's just something happened. It, I think it had to be a combination of Drew Brees goes down or just hits that bad slide and Bridgewater, for some reason, turns out to be a total just preseason fling and he doesn't work out, but it's just with everything they've done so far, just, I feel like again, again, maybe perhaps there's a, they don't do well in the division that could hurt them. And it's a possibility with the teams that they play, but it's just, man, they added so many weapons last year. They improve where they needed to this year. Just, I can't see anything, but, Really, honestly, winning the division here for me—that's that's who I have winning the division—is is the New Orleans Saints. I don't have them winning the division, but oh, I've got them so close. This is one of those situations just to where it's going to come down to tiebreakers. In my and, mind, coming down to tiebreakers, it very well could. Um, but. Uh, let, let's go in and talk about the Carolina Panthers for a little bit here. The Carolina Panthers, one of their biggest moves is bringing in old reliable, former Cowboys offensive coordinator, former I don't know how many other teams offensive coordinators at this point, Norv Turner, to perhaps change around a passing game that was one of the worst last year in the entire league. And to get Cam Newton back to being Cam Newton, being a guy you can rely on to throw that ball and get it out there, and he's got weapons to do it, bringing in and adding DJ Moore in the draft. They signed Greg Olson to an extension. You got Devin Funches, who improved. One of the guys that actually did improve uh, from last year, Christian McCaffrey's there. Uh, and he, their rushing attack was was pretty good last year. But if they can get that passing attack sort of back to where it was, where do you think Carolina? Are are we saying that they're a strong third contender? They really are. And for Cam Newton, it's put up or shut up. He finally has no excuses whatsoever for everything that he did as a rookie. Over 400 yards in week one, 432 to be exact. 4,000 yards his rookie year. Even with that, he's never fully been accurate. 
That's why Norv Turner, going back, as you mentioned, the Cowboys, took the Chargers to the AFC Championship game, was with the Redskins for a long time. He knows how to deal with and work with and get the best out of quarterbacks. If he can't get Cam Newton up to 63, 64% completions, then the Panthers are going to be looking for a new quarterback. Cut and dry. Because with the numbers, with the scrambling, with all of the big plays, 58% does not work nowadays. This isn't the 80s. This isn't even in the 90s. You need to throw a football better and have your receivers catch it. I mean, we've it's not like we have we've seen Cam. Yeah, throw it out there and get the big big bombs and uh, it's. I don't think it's necessarily always Cam's fault though. We've had plenty of times where the receivers just drop balls. Yeah, and again with receivers drops, I get that, but. How many times have you seen Cam go out and have a great game, follow it up with utter crap? Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I think some of that was is due to the offensive line at times, and also I feel like he has a great game, and then perhaps he doesn't trust his receivers in that game, where he thinks he needs to do it all himself, and mm-hmm. that winds up hurting him. But if this is what Norv Turner is here to do, is to get Cam in his right mind, focused, getting it down the field, making the, the passes that need to be made. You have Christian McCaffrey there. You have DJ Moore. You have Christian uh, Curtis Samuel to have the quick outlets as well, screen game, whatever. You don't have to just... Oh, let's throw it thirty yards down the field or whatever. You can you can make some of those short throws as well. He ha- there's there's ability there with with the weapons they have to make it work for for him. It's just can he do it? And that's that's an important thing. Like you said, can he get there and be that mm-hmm. guy? And if anything. They do have help on the defensive side of the ball. You still got the tremendous linebacking trio. You They added Dontari Poe, which that just adds a freaking wall on the defensive line, which is awesome for Carolina. Uh, you got Ke- uh, Kawan Short there as well. I just think that uh, Carolina's defensive, uh, the backfield is going to be a liability, as it was last year. As it has sort of been since they let Josh Norman go, they yep. really haven't shored that up, and that can hurt them against some teams. Yeah, because if you rely too much on Don Taripo anchoring your line, Luke Keekley anchoring your linebackers, and having a great front seven, well, offenses are going to manipulate that scheme and they're way too vulnerable. Way too vulnerable. To be fair, Luke Keegley, Thomas Davis, and Shaq Thompson are a trio that's hard to get by, period. I mean, Luke Keekley yeah. reads the field still as good as anyone. Uh, you know, Shaq uh, Thompson can just come 
through on the edge and blitz you and everything. And Thomas Davis is a wildly veteran as well. I mean, we've seen him make some uh, tremendous interceptions or uh, forcing fumbles or whatnot. Just, yeah, I mean, we can say the defensive backfield's a liability, but, man, that front seven proves that they can be a great shield as well for them. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And, again, it's a matter of, how those other teams are going to adjust. I don't really think they can. It's mm. going to be fun to see them try. <laughs> yeah, certainly it is. And that's going to be one of the fun things about Carolina this year is how much, because we've seen this in years past and I feel like it could be the same. We've seen them have games that are like 13, nine and we've mm. seen them go out and have games that go like 35 to, you know, 31. I don't see that really, you know, even with Nora Turner there and perhaps in making uh, Cam go and throw the ball more. Will we see more of those shootouts this year or we see Carolina get the upper hand more? Either way, if that defense can turn it on, this is going to give Cam lots of chances to go out there and throw touchdowns and do all that. So so maybe uh, Cam is one of those quarterbacks you need to go watch out in fantasy and and all that. I got him on one of my teams. The only team we haven't talked about yet, of course, the Atlanta Falcons, who uh, made a surprising playoff run as well. They eventually got beat by the Super Bowl champs, so not too bad a deal for the Falcons. In Steve Sarkeesian's first year as offensive coordinator, lots of talk about that as well as you know the falcons went down in offensive categories so people started wondering oh is it sark that he just damaged what they were doing is it that matt ryan can't get the scheme what is it well no more excuses here because this is the second year of this they decided to keep him on and you've got pretty much the same squad and you add one of the best receivers in the draft in calvin ridley to be opposite Julio Jones and put most new in the slot, you would expect. So you have that three-headed attack on the receiving end, and you still have Devontae, don't call me Devonta Freeman, and mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman in the running attack. I mean, I don't know if you can ask for much more if you're Matt Ryan. Like, get it together, man. Yeah, he's... Always had those years where he's been good, not quite great. And that's why the Falcons have been contenders as they have been, you know, making it to that Super Bowl, blowing it. And then this year, getting, you know, a good win over the Rams and then that hard-fought 15-10 loss to Philadelphia, it's like, you're kind of waiting for that shoe to drop. You never know when it's going to, but I'm going to be honest. This is a team that I have winning the division because even with the NFC South being as stacked as it was last year and this year, this is a team that felt to me like they were only just one or two pieces away from being in contention and getting back to the Super Bowl. Do I think they're going to go that far this year? No, I don't. But I have them setting themselves up to maybe make a surprise. 
They could. They had the Super Bowl hangover last year. And that was sort of the thing that was we talked about and perhaps that was hurting them when it came to really being able to they got farther I think than a lot of people thought they would with that super mm-hmm. hangover and tow and all that but I feel like now you're past that you you got beat and now it's time to rise to that prominence uh, I feel like you've added pieces on offense now to solidify uh, that offense you need to you got to worry I think a little bit about the offensive line getting older but that should still be enough for who you have there and Matt Ryan and that defense is even with the loss of Adrian Claiborne is still pretty damn awesome Uh, you got Grady Jarrett still there on the line, you got Deion Jones, one of the best linebackers in the league. You got Vic Beasley coming off the edge. If he can get more sacks this year, then it helps that team immensely. And you got uh, the triumvirate of defensive backs, especially with uh, Desmond Trufant and Keanu Neal. I mean, just they have got the spine in place for this team to rally behind them. And if Matt Ryan isn't clicking, that defense should be able uh, to hold it together to maybe they don't have to score 35 points a game or, or, or something. Maybe they can score a little bit less but still win games because the defense might uh, make some big plays. Absolutely. I mean, don't expect them to go out and score 35, but – with that defense, they're going to really score, I would say, mid to upper 20s. Because you figure, yeah, if they can get to 24, 27, 28, that's going to win them a lot of games. And if it doesn't, well, then they're pretty good in shootouts too. So it's not going to be as bad. And again, with how the NFC is, you're not going to have to win 11, 12 games to solidify and winning the division. It could be enough to win with 10. Who knows? Uh-huh. Yeah, certainly. It just, uh, I mean, they got a f- kind of a rough front schedule, but, you know, I, I think uh, Atlanta certainly, again, one of the best teams uh, in the league. Uh, they have one of the best offenses in the league. I think the defense is catching up to that. It's can they gel with the offensive game plan? You have them winning in the division. I feel like they'll uh, get second, and I think that they'll wind up making the playoffs. Uh, just there in one of the wild card spots. Even though that division is top heavy, I, f- I feel like the Falcons are still. Uh, good enough. I think Carolina finishes right below them. And yeah, I, I think maybe a win separates each one of these teams. Maybe it does come down to tiebreakers between the Falcons and the Saints, but I feel like Saints, Falcons, and then the Car- uh, Panthers and Tampa Bay, perhaps two or three wins behind them uh, as, as far as that goes in fourth spot. I feel like they could definitely go 0-3 with Fitzpatrick. Maybe 
Winston kind of brings them on a little run, but it's just it's not enough. And they lose key games down the stretch, and they wind up uh, going as far as they can at that point. Absolutely. I mean, I'm penciling in the box six, maybe seven at the most, just on the downside of mediocre in last place. Carolina, while everything is great, I just don't fully, fully see them getting everything together. I have them as just about roughly an 8-8 eight eight team, and I've got Atlanta edging out New Orleans to win the division. Like I say, maybe a win, maybe tiebreakers, but no more than that. Well, yeah, that's going to do it uh, for the NFC South and Atlanta. They'll be playing in that first game of the season against Philadelphia. We'll get to see what they're made of really quickly here. And in the, you know, divisional game uh, rematch. And perhaps the Falcons get a little bit of revenge. They get to play Nick Foles again. And will the Eagles have a little bit of Super Bowl hangover or will their tremendous team that we're going to talk about here in the uh, next show be able to just prove that look uh, we're here to do it again and and we have the ability to do so Uh, so yeah that's going to be a really fun game on Thursday we'll talk about that on Thursday night after that game goes off we'll discuss the TNF game and then we'll preview all of the uh, games happening in week one and there's some pretty pretty good games in week one some fun ones to discuss as well both of uh, our teams are in uh, some some really fun games that uh, you might be able to watch on your local station or if you get study ticket or whatever or just watch red zone that's always good too but if you like what you heard here you can hit subscribe football to the match to get any show that we produce on the channel it just shows up goes into your queue and you can listen to it whenever you like we're on all the podcasting things that are available out there itunes stitcher iHeartRadio, TuneIn radio we're on spotify as well so you can go find us on spotify and put us in your playlist and whatever along with all the other football podcasts that are out there and there's a ton of them we appreciate you choosing us to be one of those that's great and uh, for Eric and myself, whether you've been listening to this show, the NFC show, or hey, we've done the entire AFC, you can go back and listen to that as well. So um, be sure, again, after perhaps Wednesday, probably more like Friday, we'll see how that goes, uh, the rest of the NFC teams, and of course Thursday for the preview and all that. Uh, until then, we'll see you later, everybody. Hey.